Hello, fans, and welcome to This Day in Baseball, where we're going to bring you a full radio broadcast of today's game. And before we do that, I just want to thank Classic Baseball Radio, and there's a link in the notes where you can uh, check out their full channel. They have many, many great radio broadcasts. And while you're listening to today's game, if you want to check out much more about the game and the players, look on the links below, and you're going to see uh, links to player pages, the date the game happened, the year it happened, and the play-by-play. Enjoy the game, and check out the links while you're watching the game, and please don't forget to hit the subscribe button so that every time new content comes out, you're going to get that uh, firsthand. And thank you again for checking out This Day in Baseball, and enjoy the game. The next cavalcade of sports is on the air. Senior. 
one of the great names of all time in the world of baseball. Late ceremonies, the governor of Pennsylvania, the Honorable David L. Lawrence, is also down below and is being congratulated by all the umpires and he in turn congratulating them as this 26th renewal of the tremendous all-star classic that had its birth in Chicago now comes on, has had only one interruption some seven years or more ago here in Pittsburgh. They played, in fact, a little longer than that, the first night game in this area uh, of the All-Star Classic, and previous to that, they had gone into the All-Star game at night in Philadelphia. Many of these things will be passing your way as the broadcast gets underway. The home team will be the National League All-Stars. Therefore, let's go to the American League batting order. In left field, batting number one, Minnie Minoso of Cleveland. Batting in the number two spot and playing at second base on the White Sox, Nelly Fox. In the number three spot, the center fielder of Detroit, Al Kaline. Batting cleanup from the New York Yankees, playing at first base, Louis Scowron. In right field, the rifle-like arm of Rocky Colavito of the Cleveland Indians, batch number five. Gus Piandos of Baltimore will be the opening catcher, batch number six. Seventh in the lineup, the sensational home run hitting rookie of the Washington Senators, third baseman Harmon Killebrew. At short, batting in the number eight spot, Louis Aparicio of the Chicago White Sox. And early win, the great pitcher with a record of 11 and 5 will be on the hill. He also, as you know, of the White Sox. For the National League home team, John Temple of Cincinnati leads it off and plays at second base. Batting in the number two spot, the home run squatter par excellence of the Milwaukee Braves, Eddie Matthews at third. Henry Aaron in right field, bats in the number three spot of Milwaukee. The incomparable Willie Mays of San Francisco plays center field, bats number four. Ernie Banks is the shortstop, and uh, he bats in the number five spot. Ernie Banks of Chicago. First baseman Orlando Cepeda will bat in the number six spot as they are now introducing the American League All-Stars. Ted Williams, the last name to be introduced. Bobby Moon in left field of the Los Angeles Dodgers. He's uh, playing in the number seven spot and hitting there. Dale Crandall catches. That's eight here, the Milwaukee Braves, and of the Los Angeles Dodgers, the fine young right-hander Don Drysdale with a record of nine and six. And now to bring him on, the fine force of WGN in Chicago, the young gentleman who is the fine sportscaster for the White Sox and the Chicago Cubs, Jack Brickhouse. Thank you very much, Bob. All right, as Bob Fritz gave you the starting lineup, we won't have to do that again, but in case you didn't miss them, when they come to bat, of course, you can mark them down in case you want to score the ball game. The temperature is 80 degrees. It's just a beautiful day in Pittsburgh. When we came in from the airport yesterday, it was raining, and as we approached town from the airport, it got uh, even heavier than ever, and we were a little nervous, and so was the cab driver, and so were the people downtown. But the weatherman was very confident all the way through, and it turned out that his confidence was based on some real authority because... This day has gone bright and beautiful. We have a sun-stayed field. We have one of the most colorful settings from one of the most colorful spectacles it's possible to imagine in the world of sports. Therefore, uh, we're going to be real, real happy for the rest of this afternoon with the excitement that's going to be generated here at this 26th All-Star Game. As Bob told you, Vice President Nixon is here to throw off the first ball. He's standing up down there in the box right now while the introductions of the squad continue. He is flanked by the Commissioner of Baseball and also I noticed Warren Giles, President of the National League and the new President of the American League, Joe Cronin, also down there. The Chairman of the Board of the American League is also here, Will Harry, from Chicago and from Wilmette. 
we have people from just all over the United States of America here at this game today, although, of course, the majority of them will be rooting for the National League because, after all, most of them are from Pittsburgh. Ladies and gentlemen, our national anthem. Over the left center side, 360 
55 down the left field line on a high scoreboard of some 30 feet that must be cleared. The ideal weather conditions prevail. This is nothing in the way of a hitter's win today. Just a beautiful afternoon for baseball. And we're so delighted to be able to present it to you. On this, the 50th anniversary of Forbes Field, and of course, the 200th anniversary of the city of Pittsburgh. Now, the last remaining shred of dot goes on. Right down here, we'll be getting it underway in just a moment. And here to call the front four and a half of this 26th All-Star Classic, the veteran sportscaster of the White Sox and the Cubs, Jack Brickhouse. Down along the sideline, thoroughly win. The last fellow off the field has just thrown a final warm-up shot to Yogi Berra. Yogi took, on, uh, took over in place of Ray Berry, the White Sox uh, pitching coach and bullpen catcher, who had been designated as the warm-up or batting practice catcher. Sam Barron had that job for the National Leaguers. The umpires have taken their stations. Al Bonick of the National League will be at the plate. Here come the National Leaguers out on the field. Now, Wally Moon to left field, Willie Mays to center field, Hank Aaron to right, Eddie Matthews at third, Ernie Banks at shortstop, Johnny Temple at second, Orlando Cepeda at first, Drysdale will pitch the ball game to start with. He'll work a minimum of three innings, or rather a maximum of three innings, and the other players named by the uh, ball players themselves will work a minimum of three innings. Delph Mandel catching the ball game. Now, the National League coaches and the American League coaches have both uh, been posted out here for some time. Coaching for the American Leaguers will be Harry Kraft of the Athletics, who will be working at first, and Tony Cucinello of the Chicago White Sox will be taking up a very familiar post for him, third-base coaching. The plate umpire, as I said, is Al Barnick of the National League. Joe Paparella of the American League will be at first. Augie Donatelli of the National League at second. Ed Rocky of the American League will be at third. And on the far line, John Rice of the American League is watching those balls down the right field line. And Shag Crawford of the National League doing the same thing down the left. In the batter's box right now is Vinny Minoso. Drysdale is 1-9 and lost six. is one of the most promising young pitchers we've ever seen. Here's the first pitch of the ball game. It's hit. There's a drive deep to center field going way back toward his Willie Mays. And he pulls that one in out there about 390 feet from the plate. Minoso, a 297 hitter with 13 homers and 51 runs batted in. Wasted no time taking a good, healthy cut at pitch number one of this game. That will bring up the second baseman of the Chicago White Sox, Nelson Fox. Foxy, a 330 hitter, is among the leaders. He has two home runs and 41 runs batted in. And for him, the most unusual statistic is that RBI total. He's second only to Kevin Riley on the White Sox in runs batted in. There is strike one call. John Drysdale, we just saw throw 11 strikeouts at the Chicago Cubs back at Wrigley Field over the weekend, has one nine and lost six. He throws sidearm. There's a fly ball foul down the third base side and drops just out of reach of a few of those fans down there, but also out of reach of the left fielder Wally Moon, the third baseman Matthews, and the shortstop Bank to also race out there. The low seats shut out pretty far onto the field, and there is a blank area, a ground area there, which is foul territory between the end of the box seats down the third base side and the beginning of what might be termed the grandstand section extending on out into left field. Pitch swung on. There's another foul off the left side box. That one winds up for just a moment on the third deck. This is a triple deck stadium, by the way. And now... 
Dow Cattle, the catcher, has gone out to have a little talk with Drysdale. This kid throws aspirin tablets when he's right. He throws sidearm, and the way he became a sidearm pitcher is a little interesting to me. I happened to ride on the plane with Don from Chicago yesterday, and he told me he developed a sidearm delivery as a second baseman in high school, throwing sidearm normally. Pitch is one arm. Fox struck out. There's a rarity. Nelson Fox strikes out. He rarely ever does that. That's two down. Brings up the center fielder, K-Line, a very courageous ball player. Fellows made a great comeback from a most painful and most disgusting injury. He was hit by a relay ball and a double play at first base, which deflected off the first baseman's glove, and it cut his cheek ball, broke the ball. He's been chopped on pretty good and pitched up pretty well on this one. He's hitting 344. He just got back in action recently. He's taken over center field for Jimmy Dyke's Detroit Tigers. He's done a marvelous job. He has 15 homers and 50 runs batted in. There's a curveball strike, a fast curve. Drysdale has about three feet on the curveball, and John himself, strangely enough, thinks that he throws one of those curveballs three-quarters overhand, but his own teammates keep insisting that it's still a sidearm pitch. He can't see it that way. That's a little outside, a good fastball. His fast curve is a real hummer, and that fastball, of course, when he's on, is very, very difficult to even see. Drysdale, I might point out, became a father last Friday and hasn't seen that daughter of his yet at home until she's three weeks old. Inside pitch, picked his bat, got away. Count on the batter is ball three and strike one to K-Line. Two out. Nobody on base for the American Leaguers in the first inning. People still streaming into the ballpark. Sunday's famous Ford Field in Pittsburgh. Drysdale gets the sign. Here's the motion, winds up, sidearms it, swing it up, K-line, struck out. Don Drysdale, who leads the National League in strikeouts, has just shown why. No runs, no hits, no errors, nobody left, and we have the National League coming to bat in the moment now as the American League takes the field. So in the middle of the first inning, the score is nothing to nothing. Fifty years ago, the Pittsburgh Pirates first played baseball in this grand old park. Yes, sir, way back in 1909. For the fun of it, take a guess as to how many Gillette Razors were sold that year. All set? Well, it was actually only 385,000, a far cry from the 9 million that you people bought last year. And the way you're taking to that new Gillette 195 adjustable, still new records will be set in 1959. But more than that, the Gillette adjustable beats anything you ever laid against your face for all-out shaving comfort. Here's why. There's an adjusting color of the handle that you turn to any one of nine different degrees of edge exposure and angle. Turn this color one way, you get less blade edge. Turn it the other way, and more blade edge is exposed. Light beard, heavy beard, tender skin, no matter what. You're guaranteed clean, long-lasting shades and comfort is something, really something. The Gillette 195 adjustable is so popular, many stores are out of stock. If you have trouble finding it, order one now from your dealer. You'll be receiving a new supply as soon as production permits. Only $1.95 complete with blue blade sensor and travel case. Leading off in the first inning. In the batter's box now is second baseman Johnny Temple. Cincinnati's great second baseman. 326 hitter, four homers, 32 runs batted in for the year. The pitcher early win of the Chicago White Sox. He won 11 and lost five so far this year. And 260 major league victories for this great, great performance. Riando's the catcher. Get him inside. We'll set those outfielders and in a moment. There's a curveball strike, strike one. Win, of course, still has a fastball, but it's not the real blazer that Drysdale throws. But he now resorts to guile, and he has about as much shrewdness and cutting as any pitcher you could possibly name. Ball swung up, there's a fly ball straight away to center. K-line goes back a dozen steps, reaches up, takes it, 
So, how you fix for blades? If you don't have plenty, better get an extra package or two of Gillette Blue Blades. In handy dispensers that have safety compartments in the back for used blades, they're 20 for 98 cents, 10 for 49 cents. Remember, they're double-edged for double-shaving comfort, double-shaving economy. National League half of the second inning now at Pittsburgh. Ernie Banks, the National League's most valuable player, is going to lead off. Ernie's hitting 302, has 23 homers and 76 runs batted in. Shortstop. And what a great ball player he is. First pitch by early win is curve low and inside for a ball. Ball one. Banks will be followed by Cepeda at first and Moon, the left fielder. Big swing. Back on curveball by Early. One and one. Banks is one of the quietest of men and one of the most pleasant. He doesn't uh, waggle at that very much in the batter's box. But he really brings it through. That foul dribbles over toward the third base dugout. Where the American Leaguers are. Ball one strike two. Ernie, like Hank Aaron, is not a big man. He weighs about 175 to 178 most of the time. But he has that tremendous wrist action, that marvelous sense of timing. There's the ground ball. Back third. It's foul. Third base umpire. Ed Rungy sticking that pointed finger over the foul line into foul territory, indicating very quickly that it was a foul ball. Ball one strike to the bank. Outfield to the left and deep. Score 1-0 in favor of the National League. We're in the second inning. Outfield, as usual, to the left and deep. Thanks, Pat. That's pretty well hit there to drive the left center. It is the base hit. It's going all the way to the wall at the 406-foot mark. 30 takes the turn at second and holds up. It's a two-base hit. The left center between Minoso and Kaline for Ernie Banks. A double for Banks. Nobody out. That brings up the first baseman, Cepeda. Orlando, the great San Francisco Giant first baseman, is a 331 hitter. 17 home runs this year, 63 runs batted in. Man on second, nobody out. Well, would you have a fun here? No but. There's a very high fly to left field. But also comes in for it. Still running hard and finally ducks away as Aparicio, the shortstop, made the catch. It looked like Minoso's ball all the way, and at the last moment he peered off, and little Louie went out to make that catch in short left field. I would guess about 270 or 80 feet from the plate. Here's the left fielder, Wally Moon. Straight from St. Louis to Los Angeles this year. Wally's a 299 here, having a very good goal. And he has five homers and 37 runs batted in. Bat on second, one away. Serve is low, ball one. Part of this place is triple deck. The right field area, however, is double deck. But that uh, second deck is sure a tall second deck. starting job in a very hotly contested election. 
Dallas, Wade Moose. Brian Texas. Big number nine on the back of his white home uniform. The National League is the home ball club. The right side of the infield is pretty deep. Nelson Fox back to the, backs up there, pretty deep. For Moon, a left-handed hitter, Went takes plenty of time, glances over his shoulder a second, turns and throws, the pitch is outside, and the count is now ball, two strike, one on Moon. Danny Murtaugh clapping his hand, yelling and courage to serve from his third-base coach's box, Zinnup, Betty Sawyer, the first-base coach, manager of the Philadelphia Phillies, was able to forget his own problems a little bit today and concentrate on the problems of Fred Haney. Ball, two strike, one. Strike call, fast curveball, just above the knees to the outside corner. Two and two now. So the ball game is one to nothing in favor of the National League. We're in the second inning. Banks let off the second inning here with a two-base hit. Cepeda popped up, and Moon is at bat. One out, man on second. People still coming into this ballpark. Win. Those red rubbers. Set. No wind-up, of course. Throws. Pitch is fouled off the left. That's way out of play. A souvenir for somebody. All two strike two now to Wally Moon. Wally had a tough job when he came into baseball a few years ago. He had to fill the shoes of St. Louis, left by the great Enos Slaughter. And there was a lot of ill feeling when the Cardinals traded Slaughter away. And Moon was taking the place of an idol. Well, he not only did it capably, he wound up being named Rookie of the Year. And he's been a standout ball player ever since. He had one dip there in his career, but right at this minute, he's back on top again, flirting with a 300 batting average. And good enough to play in the All-Star game. Here's the set now by Wynn. Glasses a second, turns and throws. The curve is low, over the plate, but low. Bardic leaves that right hand down at his side. It's ball three, strike two. One thing about it, you never have any doubt about it. It's like if Al Bardic is umpiring. He throws that right hand out there, and he fellows all over the ballpark. There's nothing subtle about him. And for that reason, he is uh, considered uh, quite a capable umpire, for that reason, among many, many others. Ball three, strike two. Outfield still, pretty deep. Just about straight away. That curve is outside, and Wally Moon has worked win for a walk. That puts men on first and second, one away, and brings up catcher Del Crandall. Crandall hitting 277. Has a dozen home runs this year, and 39 runs batted in. He's a real leader, a real field leader. He's one of those guys who made the jump from class A ball to the major leagues and has stuck ever since. He came up when the Boston Braves were the Boston Braves instead of Milwaukee Braves. And uh, Dell has been a real leader type. Juwan, there's a foul. Out of play, upper deck, strike one. Crandall, in his lifetime, in the majors, he's down his ninth year, the 250 hitter. This doesn't sound too impressive, but if you'll double check his history, you'll find that he's got that one hit for every four official tips to play most of the time when it counted quite a bit. So get that hit one, it'll break your back. There's a curveball inside. He swings and misses. 0-2. Great handler of pitchers. Great hustler. And strictly a leader type. 0-2. Warming up in the bullpen for the American Leaguers is Bud Daly on the Kansas City Athletics. Left-handed knuckleballer. 0-2. Back up into the screen on the curveball. Still a no ball. Strike two count on Crandall. Banks on second. Wally Moon on first. One to nothing ball game in favor of the National League. We are in the second inning. 
at Ford Field in Pittsburgh, a very, very famous location, which, as Bob Prince told you, is now enjoying its 50th anniversary. A very impressive setting, like Wrigley Field, has a lot of eyes on the outfield wall.
Excellent shortstop of the White Sox. Takes ball on a fastball outside. Check that Willie Mays came in as Banks and Temple went out and made the catch on Killebrew's fly ball out back to second base. Willie will do that. There's a fly ball out to right center field. Aaron moving over. Hank is there. He takes it. Aparicio is out. Two down. And we're probably going to get a pinch hitter. warming up, by the way, for the National League. No, sir, early win is going to bat for himself. We saw it. We saw a scurry along the bat rack there in the American League dugout. Although early is a pretty good hitter himself. When he was with the Washington Senators one time, he had a separate clause in his contract with Clark Griffiths calling for X dollars as a pinch hitter. Early has won 11 and lost 5. Earned run average is 3.83 at this point in the regular season. Won 260 major league games, 20th in the list of all-time winners. And Drysdale throws a fast one past him, strike one. The score is one to nothing in favor of the National League. We're in the third inning now with the American League, the visiting ball club at bat. Two out, nobody on. Strike. Oh, it's two. Drysdale is reminiscent of Ewell Blackwell, the famous whip with that sidearm delivery of his. It's almost a crossfire pitch. That's blowing inside. Ball one, strike two. Frankie Frisch once said about Blackwell, and I think he's saying today about this fellow, that there should be a law against his being allowed to pitch that way to right-handed hitters. One and two. Way outside. Two and two. He'll throw that jammer if he's left-hander. He'll throw it right at their fist. And the funny part of it is, it's drawn with almost a screwball motion. But it isn't a screwball. Strike! Win! Goes down swinging. Throws the bat down angrily. No run. No hits. No errors. Nobody left. And Drysdale has retired nine in a row. And has struck out four of them. Three balls hit out of the infield on him. A marvelous performance. And so at the middle of the third inning, the score is the National League won, the American League nothing. Well, as we said, it's a beautiful day. And even if it weren't, well, we can't do much about the weather, but we know, do know that there are going to be plenty more of hot, humid days ahead. You know the kind I mean. Days when you especially appreciate the clean, refreshed feeling of a shaving cream shave. And there's no better way to prepare for that shaving cream shave than with Gillette Foamy, the instant lather shaving cream. Fast and easy, and how? Just a touch of the foamy nozzle, and instantly you have billowy, snow-white lather. Lather so rich, so full-bodied, that just a little goes a long way. That's economy. And another plus. Foamy contains K34, the exclusive antiseptic that destroys harmful bacteria on your face. Gillette Foamy is available in two sizes. Regular at 79 cents, or the new Giant Foamy, almost twice as much for only 98 cents. And you can get Foamy with cool, refreshing menthol added if you like. Take your pick from the Gillette Foamy display at a store near you. Johnny Temple leading off in the third. And there's a strike call, knee high. Off that outside corner. Strike one to Temple, who's out of the ball game with a fly ball to K-line in center field. Well, Stengel's got Ryan Duran warming up now. Did have Bailey. One and one. Ball one, strike one. To Temple. He'll be followed by Matthews, whose home run represents the only scoring in the ballgame so far. Then the right fielder, Aaron. When let's go. There's a high fly ball. Andrew Short, right center. Calavito is there. 
And he takes it. Temple is out. One away, that'll bring up third baseman Eddie Matthews. And a home run. A line drive homer into the right field grandstand. The lower deck. Last time at bat. Getting a nice hand as he steps in. Eddie Matthews with 25 regular season home runs. The batter's box again. Wind throws. There's a very high fly ball in foul territory. Scarlett moves over to the low boxes. He takes it. And Matthews is out. Two down. Hanger and a tank. Struck out. The last time at bat. Hitting a fabulous 370. And for a long time, after the season opened this year, it became evident that Hank had his eyes on a 400 season. He may still have. Of course, the outstanding pitching feat in the history of this series is still Carl Hubble's 1934 performance when he struck out five in a row, six all told. The total of six strikeouts is the record, which has subsequently been tied by Johnny Vandermeer in 1943 in a night game at Philadelphia and Larry Jansen at Comiskey Park in 1950. We saw both games. Curveball, one off. Line drive right into the shortstop glove. Aparicio just reached up for that one, and little Louie took it. Retire the side. No runs, no hits, no errors, nobody left. Myself out there, and if things aren't going right, I answer myself too. 
One and one is the count on Minoso. There's the ground ball to the right of the mound. Temple in for it. Stumbles, but picks himself up and throws in time to get Minoso, who was really picking him up and laying him down that first baseline. Johnny Temple with great reflex action recovered from stumbling after going for that ball. One away, Fox up. Little Nell struck out the last time at bat. Nobody on. Fourth inning. The outfield shallows up a little on Foxy, and they're playing him just about straight away. He'll play the pitch. He'll hit to any field. That fast curve was a little outside, off the corner, maybe an inch. Ball one. Our vantage point is perfect. We're directly behind home plate. We can see those pitches coming in beautifully. We're just high enough so that we have just a beautiful perspective on everything that goes on down there. There's a foul ball down the right field side, and it gives John Rice and the American League a little work. Ball one, strike one. One and one. Wally Moon, Willie Mays, and Hank Aaron in left, center, and right for the National Leaguers on the field right now. Eddie Matthews is third, Banks is short, Johnny Temple is second, Orlando Cepeda at first, the battery of Burdett and Crandall. One and one. There's a high foul ball, and Eddie Matthews has a play on this one. Back to the coach's box at third. He takes it. Nelson Fox is out. Two down. K lineup. Burdett will throw an occasional screwball. And you can tell when he's throwing that screwball because he runs right off the mound with that delivery. This is Al Kaline. Struck out. Kill the time up. Has a pretty good battle going with his teammate on Detroit, Harvey Keene, for the American League batting leadership. Right at this moment, Al is second with a 344 batting average. Strike one to count on him. Two out in the fourth inning. Burdett touches the cap, sticks the ball in the glove, tears down, gets his side, goes into his motion, throws a sidearm, pitch the slow. One and one. Randall fires the ball back to him as he has so many, many times. And Lou steps off that mound. Just to give you an idea, we'll try to cover this guy's gestures for you. He just rubbed his hand across his letters, picked up the rod the background, just covered his tug at his cap, rocked back twice, winds up, here we go, and that's low, that's ball. Gets the ball, turns his back to the plate, rubs his left hand across his left hip, now he rubs up the ball as he steps off the mound, turns around, looks down at the batter and the catcher, sticks the glove under his arm, takes the glove out of him under his arm, sticks it back off, sticks the glove in a tug at his cap, Makes a motion toward his chin, tucks at his cap again after dropping the rosin bag, hits his shoulder, starts the wind-up, how's this for action? And there's the pitch, a foul ball out of play. Two and two. Ball two, strike two. And of course, as Lou claims, the best pitch he has is one he doesn't use, the one he's been accused of, the better. Picks up the rosin bag, tucks at the cap. Little battle of nerves going on there between the batter and the pitcher. Here's the windup. Throws it just a little bit off the corner. Right at the knees, ball three, strike two. Two out on the fourth. The National League is leading by a score of one to nothing. The American League at bat, K-line in the batter's box. And Lou Burdett goes through every motion a pitcher can go through, plus a couple which haven't been put in the book yet. Again... Lester fly. There's a foul ball high back of the plate. Goes over the top of the screen and the below seats back up the screen. It's ball three, strike two. Just over the wall, we're looking at Chenley Park. 
And uh, we'd heard about the monument to Honus Wagner, but we thought the monument was inside the ballpark. It's just outside the left field wall over there in Shenley Park and just in front of the Carnegie Museum. Three and two. Outfield just a shade left. There's a pretty well hit ball. That's very deep. Way back. Back, back, back. It is over the wall. A home run for Al Kaline. This ball game is all tied up. Al Kaline dropped one over the left field wall. Moon never did give up on it. Went all the way back to the wall. But finally, with his shoulder grazing the wall, all he could do was stand there and helplessly watch that ball go over the wall for a game-tying home run by Al Kaline. The new ball game out of us. The score is one to one. We're in the fourth inning, and Scourin is up. Bill Scourin. Grounded out, Temple to Cepeda, the last time at bat. Bill, by the way, wears a corset at all times, on and off that diamond. Result of a back injury. Helping around the house. There's a foul ball. Strike one. That's Mr. L. Kaline for. All-star home run. Strike one to Scarlett. Two out, nobody on. Foul ball. Oh, and to Scarlett. First came to our attention. Chicago as a prep school, Weber High football player. And we knew him at Purdue as a left-footed putter. But he got a chance to join the Yankees and get one of those real good-sized bonuses. $25,000 bonus. 0-2. There's ground ball. In the hole between short and third. A base hit for Scouting. Now with two out, Palomino is up. Well, the National League pitching has retired 11 in a row before that first hit. And the first hit was a home run. Now Calavito is up. Struck out the last time at bat. Bat on base, two out. Right-handed hitter, as we said before, stands well forward in that box. He likes to get on that curveball before it gets a chance to break on him. And there's a swing and there's a base hit in the center field. About three feet to the left of second base. Willie Mays muscling the ball in. Gowan stopping at second. Now with Matt on first and second. Triandos is up. Two down. Action in the bullpen for the National Leaguers. And Roy Faith, who Haney said is a sense of the action in this game, is beginning to warm up. In the meantime, Fred will go down to have a little talk with Burdett. They've been in this hole before. Triandos, the catcher for the American Leaguers, the big burly fellow. Bob Shirley's partner, they have an insurance business together in Baltimore. He's in the batter's box, takes that wide stance. Gus has 20 regular season home runs. And now he's at bat with a chance to put the American League in the lead. It's one-to-one here in the fourth inning. Two men on and two out. Burdett is in a jam. The outfield is plenty deep for Gus. Center fielder Mays shaded a little toward left. There's a strike. The smiling strike one. Fast curveball. Just below the belt, about two inches inside the strike zone, the inside corner. Strike one. Scowron and Calavito with modest lead off. Scowron takes about a five stepper there at second. Now he stretches it to seven as Burdett gets ready. Here's the pitch. There's a well hit ball. He's the right center. Aaron and Mays running hard. It is. 
game-saving run. One run, three hits, no errors, two men left on. And so at the middle of the fourth inning, the score is American League One, National League One. Every time, hold the hand print, fingerprint, grease or grind, guaranteed not to skip, slip, slide or sputter, the new holiday even writes over butter, you can take a stick of butter, now listen here, and on a piece of paper you can make a smear, with an ordinary pen you can try to write a line, but you'll skip over the butter every time, then pick up the paper made holiday pen and go through the butter test once again, watch it right through the butter without a slip. This new paper mate guaranteed not to skip. New paper mate. Holiday. A dollar seventy-nine. We have a new pitcher now for the American League, Ryan Duran. Here's the flamethrower from the New York Yankees. A fellow with six glasses. And he fires that ball. Man, does he fire that ball. Willie Mays, Banks and Cepeda. Duran in the regular season has won one and lost two. He's strictly a relief pitcher, but get this earned run average, 0.90. Struck out 47, walked 22. Willie Mays, who lined out the pitcher early win the last time a bat is in the batter's box. Here's a windup, here's a throw, and there's a ball, one on, strike one. The score is tied one to one. This is the first chance that many people here in Pittsburgh have had to see the American League stars who are performing today. They've heard about this Duran fastball. You can probably hear the gas that went through the crowd. On that first pitch, strike one. Strike two, another fastball. Knee high to the outside corner. Willie Mays raises the right eyebrow as he looks out there at Duran. 0 oh and 2. That's the National Leaguers in the home half of the fourth inning. Outfield, plenty deep. Here we go. Fastball, a little outside. Three fastballs to Willie. Ball one, strike two. Haney's logic might be 
sort of a little bit on the pessimistic side. He says, well, in case they get us down in order in the first inning, Mays will be a bad person. If he gets on base, he can run better than Banks, and I'll have a good base runner with Banks up. Ball two, two and oh. As it turned out, Mays batted in the first inning because Matthews fell to the home run. So that meant the fourth man of the batting order came up, and Ernie did lead off the second inning. And as I said before, he doubled. Ball two. Foul ball. Ball two, strike one. That went high. Back of the plate. Over the screen into the upper deck. Ball two, strike one. So far, it's been a pitcher's day, except for the two lightning-like thrusts offensively, one on each team, the home run ball, one by Kali, one by Matthews. That's the scoring story at this point. That handle foul, high, back of the plate. Inside pitch. And some customer at least so far over the upper deck trying to get that one that I for a moment wondered if he might not tumble out. Ball two, strike two. Two and two. American League has three hits, the National League two in this ballgame, which is in the fourth inning. Two and two. Duran, for the side of Seattle, winds up. Another bad handle foul. Inside pitch. Ball two, strike two. Well, the relief pitching on both sides is really very promising. What with Durant's .90 and Roy Faces .83. Two and two. A little close. Nearly nicked him. Ball three, strike two. You have to be a brave man to take a toehold against this Durant. Three strike two. As a matter of fact, I remember Frank Lane one time telling me and another uh, reporter that as far as he was concerned, hitting is 60% courage in baseball, and other baseball men since have verified that percentage. There's a deep foul on the right field side, curving back into low seats. It's ball three strike two. You have to crowd that plate. You have to guard it. Otherwise, if that pitcher moves you too far back into the batter's box there, he'll dip one across that outside corner, and it'll be a strike, but it'll still be beyond the end of your bat. Ball three, strike two. Ernie Banks, the batter. Marvelous reflexes. Great wrist. High over his head. And that's ball four. And had there been somebody on base, that would have been a wild pitch. Banks draws the walk. That is the second walk given to an American leaguer. Wally Moon got one in the second inning. And that brings up the first baseman, Cepeda. Popped up to shortstop Aparicio and short left the last time at bat. Second walk given to a uh, national leaguer by an American leaguer, I better say, huh? Second, over with it. Zaparicio steps on second and throws to first in time. And that kills off the side. Zaparicio moving to his left. The 
completed the double play, forcing Banks and doubling up to Fader. No runs, no hits, no errors, nobody left to see. End of the fourth inning, the score is still one to one. Back pitch, but as it was explained to me 
one time. It's not really a duster unless your hat goes one way and the bat goes the other. Strike one now. Sedaris. Swing. On strike two. Burdett swimming a curve pass. Tomorrow and two. They're playing at the swing late. Willie May is the center fielder. is shaded over toward right center. Oh, and two. Two out. Nobody on. Fifth inning. Tried to butt. Missed it. Duran struck out. And that retires the side. No runs. No hits. No errors. Nobody left. Well, that's the halfway point of the ball game. And the score at the middle of the fifth inning is American League 1, the National League 1. Let's see Harvey Keene stretching that dugout. He'll probably get in the ball game too. You know, in Harvey's seven years in the majors, he's been chosen on six All-Star teams, both as a shortstop and an outfielder. Harvey's the American League leading hitter right now. Tough man to fool at the plate. He knows what he likes in razors too. His choice: the new Gillette adjustable of course. Like a lot of men, Harvey Keene found that comfort took on a brand new meaning once he tried the Gillette 195 adjustable razor. Why? Because here's a razor you adjust to match your own combination of skin and beard. That's right. There's an adjusting collar on the handle that you can set to any one of nine different degrees of edge exposure or angle. A turn to the left gives you left blade edge. Turn the dial to the right and more blade edges exposed. Men with white beards, heavy beards, tender skin, any combination in the book are positively guaranteed clean, long-lasting shaves or your money back. The Gillette Adjustable has made such a big hit with you fans that some stores are completely sold out. If you can't find one right off, ask your dealer to reserve one for you. You'll be getting a new shipment just as soon as production permits. The Gillette Adjustable costs only $1.95, complete with blue blade dispenser and travel case. this minute, I'm going to turn a very exciting ball game of one-to-one -one over for the last half of this broadcast to my very good friend, the very popular announcer from KDKA in Pittsburgh here, follows these pirates, man and boy now for more years than I expect he wants to admit, Bob Friend. Bob, come on in here, will you? Thank you very much, Jack, and a wonderful call on the great first half of this ball game, and it looks as though now it's going to be the long ball or the explosiveness of it that will get it determined one way or the other. Wally Moon, who is not uh, at all adverse to the long ball and who has found the left field wall at the Coliseum, a very friendly thing. It's only 250 feet away. Now goes to left field a lot for some of his homers, an extra base hit. Will be the man. And we have a change in the umpiring. Uh, Joe Paparella of the American League will come to the plate and Al Barlick will now move uh, to the other spot on the diamond. And we will move around with Barlick, Paparella, Donatelli, and Ed Rungi with Crawford and Rice on the line. And we're waiting, the occasion of the delay is that they're waiting for Barlick to get rid of the equipment. As the National League always uses the inside chest protector with the exception of uh, Jocko Common. Uh, the American League goes for the inflated chest protector and they're ready to go much quicker. So they're giving Al Barlick the opportunity to take it off. Wally Moon is one of the five fellas that ever hit a home run in the history of this game over the right field pavilion at Forbes Field. It's 300 feet down the immediate line. Balls out to better than 400 feet. It's a triple deck affair. While it's double deck in right field, it's exactly the same height as though it had been. Uh, they just don't have the triple deck all the way up there. But it's a good 90 to 100 feet. Here's Al Barlick. So, uh... As he comes out, we'll be ready to go in a moment. You know, in just about a month from now, August 3rd to be exact, the second Major League All-Star Game of the Year will be played in the Los Angeles Coliseum. And I'm sure you fans out on the West Coast are anxious to see those great stars in action. Official ticket order forms are now available from the Dodgers at the Los Angeles Coliseum or any agency handling Dodger tickets. This is Wally Moon. He walked his first time up. Ryan Duran, the strong right-hander, a swing and a miss. Strike one. 
Well, as we told you, one of the five men to ever hit a home run over the Ratfield Pavilion, the other being Bob Skinner of Pittsburgh and Ted Beard, Mickey Mantle of the Yankees in an exhibition, and Babe Ruth. The Babe was the first to do it. And there's quite a story about that. Wally Moon, nothing in one. Ryan Dern cocks that right arm, fires a fastball down inside. One and one. The Babe hit his last three home runs of his illustrious home run career. Number 712 on the lower deck for Boston. 713 upper deck. And 714, the last he was to ever strike. Went out of here over everything. One ball, one strike to Wally Moon. Dern comes down with a fast one. Moon, a check swing, fouls off to the left side down to the bleachers. So it's a count of one and two. The on-deck batter is catcher Del Crandall. Scores tied at 1-1. The National League being in with a pair of hits, a homer by Matthews and a double by Banks. And the American League in with three hits, a home run by Kaline and singles, then followed by Scowan and Calavito. No further damage. In the National League fifth inning, one ball to strike pitch from Ryan Duran. Left hand batting Wally Moon, watches one up around the bill of the cap, 2-2. In spring training a couple of years ago, Ryan Dern was pitching against the Milwaukee Braves, and Henry Aaron saw the first four warm-up pitches, three of which climbed the screen 100 feet behind home plate, and Aaron said, if it's all right with you, we'll not bat today. Walked right out of there. Two balls, two strikes to Moon. Dern, a double pump this time. Hangs it outside, three and two. Fastball that stayed away from left-hand batting Moon. Left fielder Minnie Minoso is playing a very shallow left fielder, Wally, and they give him a little bit of a gap in right center. As K-Line is off to his right, they don't figure that Moon will be able to pull any of Ryan Duran. But uh, three balls and two strikes. The big pitch on the way. He struck him out. And it was a swinging strikeout. That's the second strikeout for Duran, the fifth against the National Leaguers this afternoon. Drysdale. Uh, racked up the best strikeout record for the Nationals when he navigated three perfect innings, striking out four along the route. Catcher Del Crandall, a strikeout victim in the second. Here's the pitch. Delivery, ground down third base side, and Killebrew comes up on his first offering, throws on to first baseman Moosecow and Crandall down two away. The batter two up there is pitcher Lou Burdett. Nobody has yet made a move from the National League dugout, which here in Forbes Field of Pittsburgh. Here comes Lou, is the only guy that runs right out of that dugout. He comes up the swing. Jack was telling you earlier about what a fine home run hitting pitcher Drysdale was. This boy is too. Lou Burdett. His father was the horseshoe pitching champion down in West Virginia. And that's true. And he taught Lou how to do it. Lou can throw 15, 16 ringers in a row. He's quite an all-around athlete. And a great comedian. Straight out is the outfield to him. The gap in left center. Swing on the Duran curve. And he doesn't get it all at once. Short tied at 1-1 in the fifth inning. Two down, none on. National League is the home team. And, of course, wearing their white uniforms of their respective teams. For that in the big number 33, made famous in the World Series a couple of years ago with three tremendous victories over the Yankees. Here's the 0-1 to Blue. Doran gets another fast one on the corner that Burdett can't even handle. And it's no strike, no balls, two strikes. Early win started for the American Leaguers. Went three, allowed the one run. It was Matthews Homer. Two hits. Second hit by Banks, a double harmless. 
And now it's Duran on. Here's the 0-2 to Burnett. Check swing foul off to the right, just guarding the plate with two strikes on him. Just flick it off to the right side. We've told you from time to time the most ideal weather you could ever have for the All-Star Game, and the luck of the All-Star Game holds true. It's only been delayed once as a result of rain, and it was an official game in Philadelphia at the end of five. Other than that, they usually have the fine success here at Mid-July Classic. Here's the 0-2 pitch. Another quarreling quick swing off to the right, fouling it out of play. 0-2. Burnett just taking it back, putting it down into the strike zone. As Duran is in that strike zone and has him two strikes. So Lou's just plunking at it a little bit, hoping he can get a little better shot with some good wood. Two down, none on in the national fifth inning. 1-1 ball game. 0-2 pitch. Got it down, foul at third. Al Barlick is now the third base umpire as Paparella has come to the plate. Donatelli of the National League and Ed Rungi of the American League remain on the base pads with him. And on the foul line, John Rice of the American League on the right field line and Jack Crawford of the National League on the left field line. No balls, two strikes to Burdett. During work, Sandy got him on a strikeout as he jammed him right on the fifth. So it turned out three up, three down, and at the end of five, the score is American League one, the National League one. As a public service, Gillette brings you the following message. Traffic accidents continue to take a heavy toll of lives and property on our roads. And the problem of making the highways safe is everybody. Records show that where strong, sound traffic laws exist and are strictly enforced, traffic deaths have gone down. So get behind your public officials and law enforcement authorities and support them in tightening up the traffic laws in your community. Urge your family to observe all safety rules as drivers and as pedestrians. And remember, where traffic laws are obeyed and enforced, deaths go down. This is the National Baseball Writers Chapter of America, Mr. Lester Biedemann of the Pittsburgh Press, and the official scorer, along with Jack Hernan of the Post-Gazette and Ed Munzel of Chicago, have announced the paid attendance, 34,763. This is not the largest attendance uh, available to Forbes Field, but under the laws of the Commissioner of Baseball, you do not sell the standing room only and uh, or get people on the field. The only way they ever got up over 40,000 here at uh, Forbes Field in Pittsburgh was by allowing them at one time to stand around the field and put in the ground rule double. That has not been in existence now for quite some time. This is the field where they played the last triple header of baseball, where the Bucks were scurrying to get through. This is the field where one of the most memorable World Series events ever took place. In 1925, in the seventh game against Washington with Walter Johnson pitching. In a scene that perhaps has never been seen before and never will be again, in a downright driving rainpour, bases loaded, bingo, double, and they beat Johnson in the Senators. Here's Minnie Minoso. He's 0 for 2. Fly to center, and then Burdett faced him in the fourth, got him on a roll out to second, jammed him on the inside corner with a call strike. 0 at 1. Harry Kraft. Kansas City at first base, Tony Cuccinello of the White Sox at third. Lenoso, Nelly Fox, and Al Kaler in the trio that Burdett will go to here in the sixth. Lenoso pops a foul off the right side. I don't think there's room for Crandall. There is not. It's up over the National League dugout. No balls to strike. Pitch 
Pittsburgh writers and fans have had their uh, wonderful, wonderful times with Casey Stengel, having seen him around here and listened to him. Stengelisms are famous now, I suppose, the world over. And he got off a couple of buttes in the press conference yesterday. Minnie Minoso, the American League's left fielder, 0 for 2. And the count of 0 and 2 on him, side arm delivery, sent in by Burdett Falloy. The attendance here today of 34,763 will not, of course, approach the record attendance of 69,831, which was set in Cleveland in 1935, which may be eclipsed August 3rd on the West Coast in the Coliseum in Los Angeles. It, of course, having a greater capacity. No balls and two strikes. Like to remind all you fans out on the West Coast, application forms for the second All-Star game available at the Dodger ticket office. No balls, two strikes to Minnie Minoso. Jack Brickhouse was pointing out earlier a lot of the records with regard to the number of games in which you've competed will go by the wayside. There's Blue Lightning to Minoso right down the middle. Came Burnett with his fastball for strike three call. So that's the sixth strikeout, and Burdett has uh, picked up his second. That'll bring up Nelly Fox, who struck out and fouled out the third. As Jack pointed out, if they start playing these games in pairs, the records of like being in one like usual at 16 or so will mean nothing. Six strikeouts now on each side, because you can, in five years, you can play in ten games very quickly, obviously. Nelly Fox struck out, bats him left-handed, swings golf with shot on the right side, Temple charges... Takes the bat, hop, and throws on to Cepeda, and there are two away. This is the American League sixth inning, two down and none on. And the score is tied up at 1-1. If you're just tuning in, Eddie Matthews' long ball went out of the ballpark off early win in the first inning. And K-Line got it all even with a blast to left center in the fourth. Here he is now. He struck out in the first and homered over the 4-0-6 mark in left center field in the fourth inning. Ground ball down third, and Matthews on a bubble. He gets away from him, goes into short lap, and K-Line is around first. The ball is recovered quickly by Wally Moon. And it's an error. Charge to Eddie Matthews, and it'll be the first error of the ball game. K-Line aboard on a miscue at third, and that'll bring up the slugging first baseman and outfielder of the New York Yankees, Moose Scowen. Scowen on the year at 293, 15 homers, 56 RBIs. Roll the second and singled out to left. Milwaukee Braves have four of their great players going in this one right now. Here's the pitch. There's a delivery outside of ball. Breaking ball that missed the outside corner to the right-hand batting moose. Matthews at third. Burdett and Crandall, the battery, and the right fielder, the incomparable Henry Aaron. Sixth inning for the American Lakers, who've won the last two games of the All-Star Classic. Burdett checks, delivers. There's a drive into right center. Going to get in there for the base hit. Coming over fast to get that ball is Willie Mays. He's going to take a shot at that runner coming over to third. A slide safe. It's a close play. As K-Line tries to go on Willie, and it was bang, bang at third. He's in there, however, under the slide. Gowan got a looper over the head of Temple into right center field. And K-Line... It appeared to me hesitated just a little bit coming around second, and then really turned on the speed, and Willie's throw was right to Matthews, but he unslid under the throw. So we now have Rocky Calavito up there for the American Leaguers. He struck out in the second. He singled up the middle in the fourth, and the American League mounts another offensive threat against Blue Burdett. Two on. 
clear out. Here's the pitch. Big chop hit on the left side. Ernie Banks waits for the short hop, flips it on to Johnny Temple, and they force Scourin. And on the fourth out, the side is retired. No runs, one hit, one error, and two left. And we go at the go at the end, uh, at the middle of the sixth inning, the score is American League One and the National League One. Well, young Louis Aparicio has been certainly a whale of a man out here in this ballgame today. And you know, this young glove whiz was the unanimous choice of the New York Yankees to hold down the all-star shortstop position. And good reason. He's robbed them of many a hit. Flashy in the field, Aparicio is also the big fashion plate. He always looks top-notch. And a Gillette man? Why, Louis tells us he was a booster of ours way back when he lived in Venezuela. And he's stayed with Gillette Blue Blades ever since. Little wonder, Gillette Blue Blades have the keenest edges ever put on steel. Smooth mirror finished edges that give you shave after shave with ease and comfort. And you save money, too. Gillette Blue Blades are double-edged for extra convenience and economy. So, you change them less than half as often, use them more than twice as long as single-edge blades. When you ask for Gillette Blue Blades, get them in the handy zip-out dispenser that has a compartment on the back for the easy disposal of used blades. The cost? 20 for 98 cents, 10 for 49 cents. The American League has now swung Mickey Mantle to center field. As he goes in, in place of Al Kaline, Mickey Mantle, with a bad leg, but the New York Yankees, B. Demon, goes to center field. Vic Power has not been uh, put in at first. We're getting a double check. We're trying to find out who's been put in at first. The plate umpire, Ed Rungi, or rather Joe Pepperella, has come on to say that there is an incorrect statement made as to who's on Musial is going to be in here to bat in the National League sixth inning. And this puts him up there for 16 times that he's been in the Classic, and he'll bat in place of Temple. Harvey Keene is gone to center. It is not Mickey Mantle. So we'll have to uh, go from the direction on the press box. There's delivery to Musial inside. Stan Musial batting for John Temple. Temple uh, giving way to Big Stan. From Denora, Pennsylvania, hard by the city of Pittsburgh, Stan the Man, great St. Louis Cardinal ball player. Ryan Dorn works to him upstairs, ball two, two balls and no strike. The press box, who had originally announced, far to our right, that it would be Mandel in center field, has now corrected, and it'll be Harvey Keene, teammate of Al Kaline. Musial hits a pop-up on the right side, dropping back first baseman for it. We'll have to check who that. It should be Vic Power, who has also gone in in place of Scourin. Anyhow, to pop up the first. Batter is now Eddie Matthews. A home run in two at bat. In the first, over the right field screen. And in the third, fouled out the first. One down in the National League six. High from around there. And who, after he pitches, just bounces around out there on the mound like he's on a pogo stick. Eddie Sawyer, one of the few members of the Phi Beta Kappa Society, is coaching at first, and of course the manager of the field over to third, Danny Murtaugh. One ball, no strike pitch to Matthews. Started to go for the fastball late off, but it cost him one and one. Henry Aaron is on deck. There are all sorts of opportunities for Stengel to place these batters keen in power in the batting order, so we'll not worry about just where they are yet until they come up. There's a ball upstairs, two and one, Eddie. 
Matthews on the year, 25 homers, 59 home runs. Five of the home runs he has struck in this ballpark this year. This has been one of his favorite targets, much to the lament of Pittsburgh Pirates followers. Two balls and a strike. The outfield shades him around to the right to give him a big gap in left center field. During that ball hit foul back on the netting here, and a count of two two. Ryan almost overpowered Eddie with a good riding fastball that came in there. Stuck him out swinging. Number seven goes into the book. And here is Henry Aaron, who struck out and lined a short in his first two trips. The Milwaukee Braves, John Correll of the right field, and one of the most fantastic batters in baseball modern annals. Stayed way up over the 400 mark, and somebody figured it out that if he went to the plate a number of times just a month ago, as he did last year, finished out the season that way, and only went one for four, he'd end up hitting 322. There's Henry Aaron, a drive over the shortstop position into left field. Manoso, a slight bobble, but picks it up and holds it to a single. Henry Aaron has picked up the third hit of the afternoon for the National League, and here's the say hey kid, Willie May.
goes in there, and Bill Mazeroski goes to second base. Triando's up. He's 0 for 2. Elroy delivers upstairs the ball. Triando's in the fourth inning, as Jack Brickhouse pointed out, hit a shot in the right center field, and only the great running speed of Henry Aaron flagged it down to prevent a couple of runs coming in. Triando's hit one off the end of the bat foul. Billy Mazeroski is in at second base in place of John Temple, Musial having batted for him. Face works to Triando. This fella throws the fourth ball, a good slider, good curveball, and a fine fastball. One ball, one strike to Gus Triando, the Baltimore catcher. There's a ground ball, hits down toward third. Big hop up, Eddie Matthews, sends it across to first baseman Cepeda, and one is away in the American League seven. Uh, third baseman Harmon Killebrew hitting at 271 for the season. 28 homers and 70 RBIs. He's the major league leader in home runs. He's over two this afternoon, having fly to center and rolled out to second base. Scores tied at 1-1 in the American League seventh inning. Base fourth ball team swing on this big strike. He missed it by a foot. That fourth ball comes up most elusively and then drops about a foot, foot and a half. Just seems to die out there somewhere. Breaking ball outside. One ball, one strike. Luber dead. Went three in. Is charged with one run. Four hits. Picked up two strikeouts. Did not walk anybody. Here's a 1-1 pitch, a strict call to him, 1-2. Total uh, net up to taxes here will be $194,303.46 on the record attendance at Fort Field. He looked at the L.R.K.'s Fort Ball, and he did not see it. the carpenter in the offseason. Here is Louis Aparicio. He fly the right, fly the left. Two down in the American League seven. Short tied at 1-1. Elroy faced the right-hander. He's only 5'8", weighs 150 pounds. Curve ball inside, one ball on the Jim Bunning has finished warming up down the left field line for the American League. Duran having completed his three scores. Now back by Aparicio. Seven strikeouts for both sides, so we're getting closer and closer to a record for an all-star classic. One ball, one strike to Louis Aparicio. Two down and none on in the American League seventh inning. There's an attempt for the money missing. One and two. Tried to bunt for the base hit. Two Matthews in very quickly from third. But Aparicio didn't get on to that ball. One and two. Ball, two strike pitch. Just low, two two. Breaking ball. You're just tuning in. Matthews put the National League in front in the first inning with a home run against Early Wind. And a home run by Al Kaline of Detroit, tied it in the fourth off Luber Death. Two balls, two strikes to Aparicio. Stuck him out. Three up and three down. And so 
the middle of the seventh getting a score is American League one, the National League one. You know, when the Gillette Safety Razor Company announces a new and better shaving instrument, you can be sure this means greater comfort to millions of men. However, Gillette knows from experience that many of you fans are so fond of your present Gillette that if you had to, you'd want to replace it with one exactly the same. That's why, for just $1, you can still get a Gillette Super Speed Razor, and they still come in three models, light, regular, or heavy. The light is for men with lighter beards, regular for average skin and beard, and heavy for men with dense, hard-to-shave beards. At the price, just $1, you can't buy a finer shaving instrument. So don't worry. If you ever want to replace your present Super Speed Razor with another just like it, they'll be available at a store near you. As a reminder, it only costs $1 for the razor, Gillette Blue Blade Dispenser, and handsome travel case. L. Ross Bass came through with two strikeouts, which is, ladies and gentlemen, been, has been his great pitch on his fourth ball. And the fact that at 5'8", he is a fellow who gives you all sorts of motion out there and comes right down with a pitch that elusively and bafflingly breaks down and in to a right-hand batter sometimes and then down and into a left-hand batter. He just throws the fork ball, hoping to get him uh, out of any particular type of jam. And, of course, he's ideally situated, and uh, everything about him is perfect for relief pitching. Well, when he comes in normally, the bucks are in jam. And uh, he gets you to hit that ball on the ground, either strikes you out or gets you to pop it into a double play. Now then, big Jim Bunning of the Detroit Tigers is coming in. His slider got him by Whitlow White, by the way, who's now the best pitching coach for the Milwaukee Braves, made him a real major league pitcher. He now hit the Red Sox July 20th last year, you might recall. Jim Bunning now pitching of the Detroit Tigers has won seven off six, has an ERA of 4.72. Frank Malzahn has come in to play at third. Bunning has do, is in to do the pitching. And we'll give you the rundown on everybody else. There's Banks, long drive, left field, going way back. Kenny Minusso kissing goodbye, off the wall. Extra bases for Bingo Banks as he bombs it high up against the standard. There's a light standard out there. About 375 feet from the home plate section. And he bombed it right to the base of it and just missed the home run by inches and now has checked in with his second double. And that's the fifth hit of the ball game. And here is Orlando Cepeda, who is overdue. He popped it short and grounded in to a double play. High fly ball in the infield on the left side. Miles on and shortstop Aparicio. Aparicio makes the catch in behind the pitching mound. So we have one out. Now we have Wally Moon, the left fielder, who walked and struck out. Whitey Ford of the New York Yankees is now throwing in the American League bullpen. Wally Moon is up there. Here's the pitch. The curve is high ball one. Banks led off with a double in the second, and Cepeda popped the short on the first pitch in the second inning. And the uh, lightning struck twice in the same way in the seventh. Double Banks lead it off. Cepeda went on the first pitch and hit it straight up the chute for shortstop Aparicio. One ball and no strikes. The left-hand batting Wally Moon scored tied 1-1 in the National League seventh. Time call is Triando, and Bunning want to talk it over. 
Duran in his three innings, no runs, allowed only one hit, struck out four, and walked but one batter. One ball and no strikes to left-hand batting moon. They shade him a little bit around to the right. Fastball down underneath the knees, two balls and no strikes. Banks, who does not specialize in the long, high fly ball home run, but more in the low, screeching shot. Narrowly missed one as he hit the top of the light standard screen, and it came back in the park to remain in play. Ball free inside the moon. Bell Candle is on deck, and now we're to that point of the ball game where both sides, manager Fred Haney of the National League champion Milwaukee Braves, and of the National American League champion Casey Stengel. The empty is there. Thrown on a 3-0. 3-0 and fouls it out of play. 3-1. So we're going on the first ones here on some of them for the National League. The strategy is, and they gave him the green light to go on the 3-0. If the pitch was in there, they thought he might be able to give it a ride. Three balls and a strike to Wally Moon. We're down to that point, though, where the managers will be doing a lot of shuffling around. 3-1 pitch. Moon flicks the foul out of play to the left. 3-2. Jim Bunning, regular season of 20 games started 18, had pitched 124 innings for the Detroit Ball Club, winning seven, losing six. And from the standpoint of the American League pitching stars, had the highest turn run average of all that are here with a 4.72, but that's respectful in this day and age of the long ball and lightning-like shots out of the ballpark at any moment. Three and two to Moon. The pitch. There's strike three call. The ball is dropped by Fiondo, so now he tags Wally, and that's strikeout number eight against the National League. Well, we have 16 strikeouts in the ball game. To the record books again for us while we double checked everything. Uh, now, catcher Del Crandall, who struck out and walked, a uh, roll to third is the better. They're going to play him around to the left. Pitch up the middle, it's a base hit. And here comes Ernie Banks around third. Here's the scoop by Harvey Keene to throw. It's not in time. There goes the runner, Crandall to second base. The nice in the league in front, two to one. just reached out and tapped that little shot into center field. And Banks scores the lead runner now, Bill Mazeroski. The great second baseman of the Pittsburgh Pirates is the batter. Mazeroski in the regular year at 267. Five home runs, 34 RBIs. Jack pointed out a while back. He goes at a one-for-four clip, but bingo. When you need to hit, that's when the one out of four comes up. And it did here. Mazeroski drive. Left field. It's going to be a base hit. Here comes Kendall around third to score. Maz is trying to go to second. The run gets in there. Slide. He's out at second base. It's a single to run count. Nice fielding play by Minoso. The throw went on into Fox at second base. Randall scores from second. And it's a... Two runs on three hits, no errors, and nobody left. At the end of seven, the score is the National League three, the American League one. Two, Tiffany, Holiday, a dollar seventy-nine. 
for me right every time. Old handprints, fingerprints, grease or grime. Guaranteed not to skip, slip, slide or sputter. The new holiday even writes over butter. You can take a stick of butter. Now listen here. And on a piece of paper you can make a smear. With an ordinary pen you can try to write a rhyme. But you'll skip over the butter every time. Then pick up the paper made holiday pen and go through the butter test once again. Watch it right through the butter without a slip. This new paper mate guaranteed not to skip. New paper mate. Holiday. $1.79. All right, we go now to the American League. Eighth inning and Frank Miles on. A Boston stands in. Miles on in the regular season. Hitting at 278. 10 home runs, 39 RBIs. He's a right-hand batter. Roy Face delivers. Outside him low ball one. This game now sets up as Roy Face's game to win and Jim Bunnings to lose, as it now stands. No National League pitcher, as Jack points out, is issued a walk so far. There's a pop into behind second base. Mazeroski goes off to his right, dances around underneath, one out. National League has not won the last couple of ball games, leading in this one three to one. As now many Minuto, who is over three, fly to center, went out second, the first and struck out. All six pitchers have struck out somebody in this ball game. Hopping up is uh, Minuto, left side, Crandall looking for it. Stays with that dog and boom, two down. And Roy Face is showing everyone. Pittsburgh and coast to coast. As you listen to this broadcast and around the world and in Canada, why he's one of the great pitchers of the major leagues in relief. Nelly Fox is up there. He struck out, fouled out to third, and rolled out to second. National League leads the American League 3-1 to one in the 26th renewal of the All-Star Classic at Forbes Field. Down inside the ball as Elroy jammed him with a fast slider. With a heart as big as a church, five foot eight, 150 pounds, has stopped the American Leaguers cold thus far. Next delivery, right up the middle, almost the horn. Delroy goes on to the center field for the base hit. So no sooner said what he was doing, and bingo, Nelly gets the base hit. And that came awfully close to catching him on the bare hand. So that's the fifth hit for the American League. And now Harvey Keene gets his first shot at it. Is the center fielder playing out here for the Detroit Tigers. 356 on the regular season. He has three homers, 33 RBIs. Right-hand batter takes the ball from Roy Face. National League three. The American League one in the top half of the eighth. On a brilliant, sunshiny afternoon from the city of Pittsburgh. The 1-0. That handle foul out of play to the left. One and one. Ball and one strike, two down, and Nelly Fox at first on a base hit, his first and fourth bat, a single right up the middle. And it had to be pretty well stuck to get by face because Elroy is one of the better fielding pitchers in the game. Pretty deep in the batter's box is Harvey Keene. Football swing on a swing two. Took the big swing and nothing was there. One ball, two strikes. for lack of a 
has been in every all-star game that's ever been played, except, of course, his rookie year and those years in which he missed due to being in the service. This fella had totally eclipsed the great record. The five shortstop, Archie Vaughn, hung up for home runs when he just pounded him out of everything. Two-0 pitch. Ball free to Williams. Roy Bay is running into trouble.
Roy Hamey comes out now to talk. As the American League has done to Elroy what no one was able to do in the National League. In addition to which, Elroy walked a pair of batters. And when you walk a couple of guys and you're playing in an all-star game, you usually get yourself in some trouble. And Triandos with a base loaded. Flags a double just inside third that sent McDougal over to third after the other two runners, Keen and Power, had scored. So, three runs in here in the inning with two out, and it's now four to three in the eighth. The American League, and they have uh, Daly and Whitey Ford warming up. is coming out. We're going to wait to see what they, uh, they're going to do. We're going to get we're going to get a uh, pitcher coming in. We're going to look at him for a moment. I thought it was John Elson originally that had been warming up, but he walked in like he might be John Antonelli of the San Francisco Giants. From what I've seen, it's John Antonelli. It is John Antonelli of the San Francisco Giants. All right, let's pause 30 seconds for station identification. WGY, WGFM, Schenectady. Now, as always, Saratoga Fishy leads the league in sales. Small wonder, because only the genuine Saratoga Fishy with a famous yellow label has that extra dry fishy tang. Assures you a perfect mixed drink every time. Friends, don't be misled by imitations that taste like plain club soda. Demand the genuine Saratoga Fishy. Get the yellow label, yellow label, yellow label, yellow label. has pitched one and two-thirds innings and is now the pitcher of record and is replaced by John Antonelli, the stylish softball of the San Francisco Giants. John Antonelli, with an earned run average of 2.66, has won 12 and lost four. And but for Elroy Faces, 12-0 record would be the top hurler from the standpoint of record in the National League. Now, Reynolds is in the game and out. He was a left-hand batter. They'll cash him and put in Roy Savers, the home run hitting slugger of the Washington Senators. As Killebrew, who had given away earlier to Malzone. Malzone is the man that is being hit for, I do believe, unless, and we'll have to await development, unless the pitcher was put into that spot. But for the moment, we'll go with Seavers. Seavers, Roy Seavers in there of Washington. Hitting at 236, he has nine homers, 21 RBI. He's a right-hand batter. Roy Faith is charged with three runs and is responsible for Triandos at second should he score. And now Triandos is being run for by Mickey Mantle of the Yankees. Mickey Mantle has gone in to run at second base for Gus Triandos. Stengel shoots the bench and the all-out fireworks here on the eighth inning. So, Mantle runs for Triando. And changes galore are in order. Antonelli works down to Seavers inside the ball. Seavers in 57 hit 42 home runs, knocked in 114. So he led the league. 
He's not off to that kind of a start this year, but has had the great pickup of Allison and Killebrew helping him. There's a strengthen in there by John Antonelli. One ball, one strike. Antonelli in the regular season for the Giants. Been in 21 ball games, started 20. Winning 12, losing 4. Curves down inside, ball two, two balls in a strike. McDougal is at third. He ran for Ted Williams. On at second base is Mickey Mantle, running for Castriando. And Severs is up there batting. Eighth man to get up in this inning. Pitch is a ball three, three balls in a strike. Missed on the outside corner. Two men down by Roy Face on the American League side of the eighth when they started a pick away. And before you knew it, had themselves three runs. Three-one pitch to Seavers. All four, and they're loaded up. That's the third walk, and all three walks in this inning. Now, Louis Aparicio is due to bat. And is Aparicio being called out? Wait till we see. Stengel is making a ton of moves. Started to tell you earlier, Stengel, you know, really flabbergasted the city of Pittsburgh when he said, now this early win is rather aged, but still has good stuff. And I must say, he's experienced, which I don't think will make him frightened when he sees all those National League names. So I pick him when Wilhelm goes six on Sunday, so I can't pitch him with his own catcher, Triandos, catching him like I want, but this win has been around. That's what Stengel said at the press conference last night, which, by the time it was unraveled by everyone concerned, turned out to be that he was going to start early win. Jeremy Lawler of the White Sox is coming out. He's the catcher. Sherm hitting at 273, 12 homers, 49 RBIs on the regular season. He's the ninth man to get up. Bases are loaded for the second time in the inning. McDougal on third. Mickey Mantle on second. Roy Severs is on at first. And John Sherman Lawler up there. Right hand batter. Swing ground ball down for third. Up comes Matthews off the wrist and steps on third for the fourth time. That ball came right up his wrist. But he held on to it. And so the National League gets out of it. It showed three runs. Three hits. No errors. And three left. So at the middle of the eighth, the score is the American League four, the National League three. Well, you know, we just watched Casey Stengel make a ton of moves. And we'll have to watch him again after this and to see how many changes he makes. Casey's kind of famous for the way he can switch around his players and come up with a winner. The old professor has just recently changed races, too. Always a Gillette man. He's now using that new Gillette 195 adjustable. Here's what he says about it. I thought I was getting the finest shades possible until I tried this adjustable. Now I'm more of a Gillette fan than ever. Be sure you see this amazing new razor because never before has there been a shaving instrument like it. You set an adjusting collar on the handle to match your skin and beard. You can turn, you know, to nine different degrees of edge exposures and angles. Within this range, there's a setting that delivers a clean shave, fast shave, with comfort that's nothing short of sensational. Gillette guarantees that or your money back. The Gillette 195 adjustable is so popular, many stores are out of stock. So if you've been having trouble finding it, order one now, won't you, from your dealer? He'll be receiving a new supply as soon as production permits. Only $1.95 complete with blue blade dispenser and travel case. 
gentlemen. A few changes have been made, and Whitey Ford of the Yankees is on as a pitcher. And Mickey Mantle's in the outfield. We'll have to make these changes for you. Whitey Ford is pitching. That we know. Lawler is catching. Go. 
Wood, who had to make the tough decision for him whether he would be a professional baseball player or a professional basketball player. And at Duke University, was one of the most fabulous basketball players of all time, he's a Pittsburgh boy. He bats for Matthew. Dick Rose. Hitting at 270. Five homers, 36 RBIs. There's the bunt. Whitey Ford comes up, throws it on to first base Powers, who makes the play there. On the sacrifice, Boyer's in a
A home run by Kaline as an example, and the one by Matthews marked the first two homers in the last three games. Jack points out and did earlier, no extra base hits at all last year. So here we're in with everything. Willie Mays, the batter. Henry Aaron off first. Big power holding pitch. Outside, ball two, two balls in a strike. Down in the right field bullpen, Boyer's warming up. Two balls in a strike. That was back in the seventh inning. 
The long ball has been used by the National League to forge into the lead. And Willie Mays, ever a threat, dances around at third. Pitch to bank. Knuckleball struck call. No balls and one strike from Bud Daly, who is the fifth pitcher for the American League All-Stars this afternoon. Daly checks. On Willie Mays at third. Infield set up outfield around to the left to bank. It's a 5-4 ball game. Last half of the eighth. Here's the pitch. Knuckleball hit foul. Willie went after that butterfly and just got a ticking piece of it. Ernie Banks. Sticking away at a knuckleball that danced every old play. And now the fellow who is the owner of the most famous of them all, Hoyt Wilhelm of Baltimore, is warming up down the left field bullpen. Right-hander looks like Elston up again for Chicago's Cubs. Way out the right field line in the National League bullpen. No balls, two strikes. Pitch to Banks, and there's a foul coming back out of play. Nothing into it. just points out on the bench that Barra is the only one left for the American League accepting two pitchers. One of them will have warming up right now. The other's got to be Billy Pierce of Chicago. So nobody can say Stengel didn't use his staff. No balls, two strikes. There's a knuckler that Lolly just went up and batted it down like you'd swat a fly. Just trying to keep it in the park. See, of course, the great argument about whether pitchers could make the ball curve and what have you. They never, ever tried to disprove it or prove it when they had the knuckleball working. Here's the one-two pitch. Bank strikes out on it. Now, that is the ninth strikeout against the National League. Coupled with the American League eight, that's 17 strikeouts, too shy of the all-star record for strikeouts by two clubs, and that was set in a fourth-inning ballgame. Orlando Cepeda, Henny is 0 for 3. Popped to short, hit into a double play, and popped up to short. The infield now retreats for the American League milestone. MacDougall, Fox, and Power. Strike call to Cepeda. Cepeda hit the longest home run ever seen here at Forbes Field to the opposite field when he struck one a distance of 445 feet into right center. No one has ever come near that. No balls, one strike to Orlando. Willie Mays at third. Just tripled, knocked in the lead run, Henry Aaron, here in the National League's eighth inning. Pops it up on the first base side. Dick Power comes up. The ball is now drifts foul. He goes over near the railing, leans over, and makes the catch for the out. So the inning shows two runs, three hits, no errors, and one left. And at the end of eight innings of play, it's the National League five and the American League four. Look sharp. Top of the night. 
outside for ball two, two and one. This game, a very explosive one. Jack described in the first four and a half, and just a home run or no count, a one-one, and then everything burst loose in the seventh and eighth inning. Two balls, one strike, and ducking away. Minoso fouls it off way up over our heads to the right. Two-two. As an example, in the score tied at one and one, the National League in the seventh inning made it three to one their way. In the eighth inning, the American League came back for three runs to take the lead four to three. The National League for two in the eighth, and it's five-four. There's a strikeout swinging on Minnie Minoso, two down, and we're within one of tying a record on strikeout, 18. Now, 19 is the record, and that was a 14-inning ball game. That's the ninth strikeout, first for Don Elston. And here's Nellie Fox, who struck out, fouled out to third, rolled out to second, and singled up the middle in the eighth and scored. One of the three runs when the American League took the lead on a short line basis, four to three, only to surrender at five four as the National League came back with eight or two runs in the eighth. Nellie Fox checks wings on the hard curve inside below the knees, ball one. Nellie left hand batter. Picture of the afternoon with two down, none on. Works to Nelly Fox. There's a liner out the right field line, hooking, and it is up in the stands. It's a foul ball. Nelly Fox didn't miss it by much of tying it up. Well, Nelly Fox with two homers and 41 RBIs. Just scared the daylights out of National League fans with a two-out, long blast to right. 300 feet right down the line. He took a shot at it, and it hooked foul. One ball, one strike. John Elston again into the windup. There's a looper to left for the base hit. He went to the opposite field on a curveball. Wally Moon comes up with it. They stay alive, these American leaguers. That'll bring up uh, Harvey Keene, who walked in the eighth and scored a run. I remember Harvey Keene is part of Adams. He's hitting at 356. Two down. And now, a lot of action again. Warren Spahn is up for the Milwaukee Braves. Here's the pitch inside a ball to Harvey Keene. And Gene Conley of Philadelphia is also up. One ball and no strikes. The pitch. Low, the ball bounces off to the left. There goes the tying run into second, and Nelly Fox, and he bluffs the throw to third. There's a skipping throw by Crandall on down to Boyer to hold the runner there, and it's a wild pitch. Charge to Don Elston. Well, that little statement, the game is never over till the final round, begins to rear its ugly little head as far as the National Leaguers are concerned. Nelly Fox has been wild pitch to second base. And there's a pretty fair man up there with a stick in the name of Harvey Keene at 356 for the Detroit Tigers. Pitch from Elston, a long drive to left field. It is curving, it is out of here, foul. 
anyway, it was one of the most interesting baseball games we've ever seen, and we've been lucky enough to have seen most of these all-star contests, as has Bob. The official announced gate count was 34,763. The tickets sold were 35,277, which means that a few people who bought tickets didn't make it to the ballpark today. We're not going to go over the whole game for you, but we do want to point out that uh, you can find all sorts of heroes and very few ghosts in this ball game today. Certainly one of the standout performances came a couple of hours ago and a little better when at the opening of this particular performance here in Pittsburgh, Don Drysdale retired the first nine men he faced, struck out four, walked nobody, was followed by Burdett who struck out a couple, Face struck out a couple, Antonelli and Ford were the only pitchers who did not strike out somebody today. Early win, struck out three, but he gave up that home run ball, so that's right there, just about wiped out his chance of being the winning pitcher two years in a row. He was the winner last year. Ryan Duran struck out four while walking only one, and Bunning got a strikeout, and Bailey got a strikeout in his performance at the end of the game. All told, there were nine strikeouts on each side, a total of 18 and one short of the record for two teams. The record for one team is a dozen. Again, our congratulations to everybody, and of course, just the eighth inning alone was worth the price of admission as the American Leaguers came up with three big runs, batted around to do it, and it looked like they had finally come from behind in typical American League style, which they've done many times before to win the ball game. But the National League had it when they had to have it in their half of the eighth inning, and with base hits uh, by uh, Boyer, a great clutch bunt by Dick Road, a very significant bunt, setting up a chance for Hank Aaron to belt one, and then Willie Mays triple, which brought in Aaron with what turned out to be the winning run, and there you had a very, very explosive eighth inning. Well, we certainly hope you've enjoyed today's game, one of the many events brought to you on the Gillette Cavalcade of Sports. We have a World's Welterweight title scrap on tap for you Friday night, July the 10th, when Don Jordan defends his crown against Dennis Moyer in a 15-rounder. So plan to be with us via radio or television and enjoy all the excitement. Our thanks to our NBC engineer, Harry Alexander. This broadcast was produced by NBC Sports Editor Paul Jonas. And this is Jack Brickhouse saying, along with Bob Prince, smooth sailing, smooth shaving, and good afternoon for your host, the Gillette Safety Razor Company.